This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Welcome, Alira Carroll. Thanks, Brooke. Hi. Alira joins me from Tonic PR, a lifestyle PR agency based here in Sydney. In this episode, we're going to give you some tips on writing media releases. Alira used to be a journo prior to her PR career, so she understands what it is journos are looking for when they receive a media release, plus what it takes to write a great one. Let's take it back to basics for those listeners who are new to writing media releases. What is a media release and why do we write them? Good question. It, a media release is um, it's essentially a story about the product or service or the thing that you're wanting to communicate, whatever your client is. Um, it is a sort of the who, where, why, what kind of thing, all the, the key details that they need, pricing, how to, you know, find it. So it is the main tool that communications tool that PRs use to communicate with the media. Um, so obviously you send your pitch, but the media release really has all the essential info that they need to build that story. And it is a very cleverly crafted collection of sentences and paragraphs that has flow um, it's a story. And a story, mm. yeah. It's not mm. just a bullet point. I've seen um, friends of mine have sent me media releases and they are not in PR and they've just launched them. Like, oh, I haven't mm. read over it. And it really is just a dot point and mm. that's not that's what this is. That's a fact sheet. That's yep. a fact sheet. Yeah, this is a, a document that provides context, mm. like you said, of all the different elements that you're trying to communicate. Exactly. So what are the elements of a great release? So, I mean, when you are a PR, you do have to look at it as a with a structure. Uh, so that first paragraph, which, let's be honest, a lot of journos will only ever read that yeah. first paragraph. So it really has to have a very good high-level summary of what you're talking about or who you're talking about, why it's important, when it's happening, all of those key things. And you know what? It really actually helps um, if you actually are reading newspapers and news stories because you'll understand how journalists structure their stories. It's sort of a similar Mm. concept the most important info is in that first paragraph well that can come from your key messages absolutely in fact it should do it should do absolutely Mm. um and then the second paragraph is the second most important items that you need to talk about uh third paragraph for so as you sort of progress through you are giving all the detail but um if the journalist is only reading that first or second paragraph they're going to get a really good gist of whether it's for them and whether it's going to make a story. And the rest of the information is supporting inf- mm-hmm. in- information and yes. it kind of... Um, Fleshes everything out. Yeah, absolutely. How long should it be? No more than one page. See, I, I agree with you, but <laughs> I have I have had to go over two pages. Like I know I've had a venue launch and it had three or four different offerings and each mm. of those offerings had a completely different food menu and a completely different you know uh, drinks offering they had different spaces and I have to admit I have gone over a page before we've all been there we've all been there (laughs) I think you know and my media releases also I think PR is evolving so fast I my view now 2020 is that they're very much almost a supporting document like the actual pitch is journalists are so time poor and mm-hmm. they're really looking for something to be targeted directly at them. It has to really fit exactly what they're writing about. Um, so often it's actually just your subject headline of the email and the first sentence in your email that they're reading. They're not even getting yeah. to the press release. So yeah. you know what, if it's over a page and a half, like fine, but it has to be pretty 
amazing. Yeah, and I guess that information has to be essential, essential. to what you're trying to communicate because I completely agree. Really, it's that pitch and, yep. and the media release is a sporting document. But if there is information that uh, that if you left out, they would be confused yeah, or they're totally. going to be coming back to you and asking questions, then yes, it's certainly worthwhile. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, I mean, there's a few other basics you've got to include in the release. I mean, the contact details should mm. be at the end in case they need to come back to you. Contact details of someone that's available. Absolutely. Never put contact details <laughs> of someone who's about to go on an overseas holiday yeah, for two good weeks. point. So when it comes to a heading... Mm. at the top of the release. I'm not really one to do a heading and then a subheading. I tend to just do a heading straight into the release. Mm. What's your approach? I've done both. I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. I think you just got to look at a media release as real estate, prime real estate. So everything that you put in there has to be, there has to be reason for it. So I often see a lot of press releases with just headings that are sort of then the same. The first sentence of the first paragraph is exactly the same yes. thing. You know, please think, don't do that. No, and you know what? It's one of those things. If you'll be better at writing media releases if you are reading news stories, one hundred percent, because you will get the flow of how journalists write. And if you can talk to a journalist like how they speak or write, if you can write to a journalist how they're writing you are going to get a hell of a lot more traction than if you start doing kind of, I guess, old school PR sort of stuff. So your header, fun, something that's going to make you go, mm. wow, I want to read that. What is what is that? It doesn't have to be totally descriptive. It can kind of be a little bit surprise and delight sort of thing. Like, oh, I wonder what that is. Especially if your brand or your product is that way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the subheading, sometimes it does warrant it because – you know, like even with your media release that you did with multiple venues and stuff, mm. you know, you could have a headline that sort of top line summarizes it and then maybe describe it a little bit more in the heading. You've really got to th- I think I've sort of always taken it as that no one's ever reading past the the, the second paragraph. So yeah. get as much really great stuff in those first two yeah. in the heading as I possible. I think that's a really good point. Another thing I think to consider when you are constructing a release is that you want to paint a picture for the person. Mm. So they, without having that product there without going to that venue, without having that new selection of makeup in front of them, they can really get a sense of what it is offering. Mm. So use your adjectives. Yep. But Carefully. don't go over the top. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you want you think about like when you whenever you've read a really great uh story or um like book or probably more of a feature article even in a magazine and you find yourself imagining this mm. what they're talking about that's what you want to evoke you really want to evoke emotions and some kind of a response that's great writing so you do want to kind of paint that picture because something like i'm thinking you know if you were pairing luggage i mean there's you know you really have to talk about different aspects so you're starting to put the picture together in your mind of it same with a venue you know the kind of food the atmosphere the music even the drinks all of that sort of stuff so they are painting that full picture and you should be engaging you should have engaged with that product yourself like you said mm. if it's a piece of luggage put it down in front of you open it up mm. what's the sound like is that yep. important how does it unfold you know are you uncovering pockets and yeah. little nooks and stuff or is it a very simple one the same as the venue when you walk into the venue how do you feel does it feel dark and moody does it feel kind of fun and summery mm. uh, and that should be integrated into the release absolutely yes so let's say you've got your information together and you are ready to start writing the release what is your format what is what is your process for actually writing 
So my process is um, I would have written something called key messages, uh, which are essentially if you had 30 seconds with a journalist, you have your four kind of key points. I'll copy those over onto a plain word document. And they, they're the four most important things about my product or service or whatever the, the thing is that I'm PRing. Um, and so I look at that as actually the basis of my four paragraphs. So, um, because the first key message should be, you know, who, what, where, why, when, and then you'll just flesh it out a little bit. So you don't want to have one sentence. So you'll just flesh it out a little bit with some extra detail. Uh, first is obviously really important. The second, so with a venue, you might have, um, maybe it's a celebrity chef. And so you're going to a little bit more detail about him or her, uh, or a particular cuisine. If it is, um, a service or a product like luggage, for example, or makeup, you want to go into kind of the benefits pretty quickly of what, um, that is. And then the third paragraph I would use as a quote, um, to bring up something a new sort of point you got to remember that that is prime real estate every paragraph should be something new a new kind of topic i guess about that product and when you're writing the release you should not be writing it in first person so no. you shouldn't be writing it uh me yeah or from the venue saying yes. our venue is blah 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 it's yeah. the venue yes that's important to keep in mind. Yeah, because remember you're, and I think this is really, you've got to get in the right frame of mind uh, with our team. We have a cover sheet. So it's really important because particularly sometimes, you know, like you'll be writing a consumer media release and then you'll be writing a trade media release. Very different info that they need. Consumer, it's about lifestyle and what the, the person buying it will experience. Trade, it's very much about that industry or that category or that, you know, the money behind it, the business side of things. So I always start to with a cover sheet of who am I writing for? You know, when do I need to get it done? Who needs to approve it, etc. what my key messages are. That sort of helps me get into the frame of mind of, okay, I'm imagining I'm the person reading it. Cause the other thing is you will have key messages that your brand or your client will want to get across, but you need to make sure that it's journalist ready. So you need to put a journalist lens on it. Because I think it's really, it happens all the time in PR that, um, you know, if you're an agency, a client will come and say, we are the best mascara in the market. It's not based on anything. That It's just their claim. <laughs> they want to be known as that, which is great. You know, go to town on a website, in, you know, brochures. Social all media. Sort of stuff, all that saying it. All your own assets. Exactly. You can claim that. But if you're talking to a journalist, they, if every single PR sent them a press release with the best mascara, I mean... It yeah. Then becomes funny. And it does, I think, happen. Um, so you need to then put our job as PRs is to take that information, distill it, and put a journalist media lens on it and make it factual. You still need to provide that context, but make it factual. No f big fluffy claims unless it can be literally backed up by some sort of research or something. And have a think and look into what your competitors for that product mm. are writing about. If they are describing it in a very similar manner to how you had thought you might describe it, well, what can you, how can you reword it or come at it from a different angle mm. that gives you a point of difference? Otherwise, you're it's just, just going to, yeah, absolutely. Mm. There, there's nothing that's going to make that product stand out. Yeah. You touched on quotes before, and I think we should talk about that in a little bit more detail now. Quotes should come in, like you said, around the fourth paragraph and they are prime real estate and you should not be doubling up on information that is already in the release. Mm. Why is it so important to have information in the quote that is not mentioned elsewhere? 
Um, well, again, it's that prime real estate thing. Like if you've only got five paragraphs in a media release, like on a one pager, you might only have four, then you need to make sure that everything is really important to be in there. Um, I think, yeah, I usually do quotes around the third or fourth paragraph and then you can kind of, you know, where we say you can't make claims in a quote. Yeah. You can kind of get a little bit more relaxed with it. So, you know, if it is a wine, for example, you can say, you know, we think this is the best expression of this wine variety in the market. It's a quote. So it's like in the actual writing where it's coming from an official company, you kind of can't say that because it's not factual, but quotes, you can kind of get away with it. You can put a bit more feeling into it. I, another thing to think about is the language that you use in the quote mm. in that like you said, for the rest of the media release, it is coming from a company perspective, mm. but the quote is coming from somebody, yes. a spokesperson, the CEO, the marketing director, the winemaker. Yeah. So use language that is appropriate to them mm. and read it aloud in your head. Would it? Would a person actually say that? Conversational. Or is oh. it very formal and corporate-y? Totally. I think the biggest thing with, re- with writing is always to read things out, you know, if um, if it sounds really dry and boring when you say it out loud, because things on a page sound very different when you say it out loud. If it sounds really dry and boring when you say it out loud, change it. Yeah. And quotes, absolutely. That's it's a it's a chance to be a bit more relaxed and put some kind of conversation in it. And also with quotes, I mean, I think the biggest thing, particularly when I started, I thought the quote had to be said like word for word from someone that had person. to provide you with yes. that quote, and you've got to just pop no. it in whatever it says. Yeah, no. yeah, that's the job of PRs. No, <laughs> uh, I've made up quotes for CEOs of huge list publicly listed. Companies. I would say ninety-five percent of the time, it is the PR writing the quote, and you might Absolutely. write a quote. And, they it, and then obviously, obviously it goes them and they, yes. and they come and they might change, you know, um, a word or, or how something is phrased. Mm. But the benefit of doing that is that you get to choose the information that goes mm. into the quote. If you just say, oh, can you give me two sentences? They may give you something that's already been covered in the totally. release. Whereas you can go, right, well, I'm going to take this little piece of information out of the actual release and I'm going to insert Make it into it the into quote. quote. Yeah. Because a journalist may look at your release and it, it, they may use it for a news story and that news story may be two paragraphs long mm. from your four paragraphs that you've written or five paragraphs that you've written and they may take out that quote and insert mm. it. So that quote has to have compelling information in there in yes. order for that person to be. So, for example, if you have a new bar launching, there is no point having the spokesperson, the the owner or the bar manager saying, um, I definitely think this is going to be one of the best new cocktail bars in Sydney. That provides nothing. But if you said something like, this bar will have 300 mezcals in it which will make it the biggest collection in australia and if that information is not referenced anywhere else then that's mm. really significant it's and it'll probably chance. get lifted and exactly used, absolutely yeah if you use a quote and that's i think it happens all the time a quote to say i'm so excited about yeah. this boring and yeah. no one will ever use it you want it you want the quote to be used because journalists want quotes it sort of it's a way that they you know back in the day journalists had loads of time to go and interview everyone no one has that time anymore but they still want to have the story reflect that so if they can lift a good quote it's it's so powerful they'll really love that and they're not really i I can't think of an occasion when you would not be using a quote in a media Mm. release someone should be quoting if it's uh, maybe the owner of a restaurant or a bar doesn't really want to have a profile fine well then you quote the bar Mm. manager about the drinks or the chef 
or if it's a beauty brand, you know, the CEO or the creative director, there really is no reason to not have a yeah, quote in totally. there. When it comes to the time it takes to write a release, if someone has never written one before, mm. it's going to take a little while. Yes. Give yourself time. I well, mean, even as a writer, I would still some and it really depends on the topic and also how much research you've done. If you've done all your research and you feel like you've got all the information there, you've got key messages, you know who you're talking to, the setup is absolutely vital. Uh, and, I, and I know from personal experience, in those instances, if it's a kind of easy to what I feel I'm really across, I can bang out a meter release in an hour, but that's my level. There are still releases that take me five hours. Yeah. And, and that's someone who's been doing it for a really long time. So I would and always sleep on it. Yes. and come back and there'll be editing. And do you know what? I, I did a, a writing course actually with a very experienced journalist from Fairfax Media in um, Australia and they were they think this thing was just always cut, just mm. cut, cut. There should be no more than 20 words in a sentence. Oh, that's a good point. Um, I very didn't know that one. Very active language. You want to just – there's so much. And you know what? You can Google grammar tips, but there's we, we use so many filler words. And when you've slept on it and then go back and just say, okay, I need to get this down to 20 words, you'll see how much you can yeah. actually cut out. It's actually quite amazing. Even or you've made a sentence super long and you've joined yeah. five points together. Cut them down. Totally. Put some punctuation in there. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Useful stops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. I think if your manager said, I need you to write the media release, you should A, be asking for a deadline if you mm. haven't been given a deadline. Absolutely. Because um, that's really important. And like you said, it could take you, if you've never done one before, oh, a couple of days. I mean, mm. keep in mind, there's other bits and bobs you're doing around this. It's not just writing the media release. Mm. So give yourself time. You are not going to get it right. In fact, yeah. it's probably going to take three, four, five, six goes at it. And mm. every time the manager comes back, there'll be red scribbles on it yeah. or things need to change or look into in more detail. So expect it to take at least a, mm. a number of days to go back and forth. I think that's the rookie mistake of not doing the prep. And then not leaving enough time for editing and reviewing. Because that's the writing bit is probably the shortest bit. It's all the stuff on either side, actually, that is really important. And you'll learn from getting that feedback. Well, that's a good segue into what are some of our pet peeves. And absolutely, time is one of them. There may be other components to that media relations campaign. And obviously, pitching is completely dependent on it. And if you need to start pitching by a certain date because it coincides with the release of something, mm. then you don't have time to go back and forth. So you mm. need that's why deadlines are really important. What else gives you the heebie-jeebies? Too much fluff. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, I go back to this point about prime real estate. Don't put something in there that is not compelling. Like, and I, I think also a lot of people, you know, particularly starting out, you kind of put all this info in because you think the client wants to and our job is to distill it. Is a journalist or a consumer or anyone else going to care? And if you personally wouldn't care, then don't. Like just because someone told you to put it in there, you've got to make it or craft it into something a bit more compelling. So too much fluff, too much fluffy words, mm. like lots of – and a lot of um, we're the best and we're amazing and this is great and – who said it's great? No one said it. You're just saying it's great, which yeah. doesn't mean anything. The, the journalists should be saying exactly. it's great. Yeah. Um, the good stuff buried. You know, I think particularly when you're starting out, it is hard to um, differentiate between, you know, the, the real key, the news story 
and sometimes you just work in almost chronological order of a of a thing like I must check I must write about this 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 and this actually often the best bit the most real newsy bit is actually buried at the bottom you need that up the top it's kind of I remember in journalism you sort of learn it's like this pyramid sort of thing uh, and you really want that pointy that amazing news nugget to be at the very top and then everything else kind of fleshes out and there's nothing wrong with putting all of the information you have on a page and then mm. you can just start deleting stuff out yeah. yeah what's most important highlight stuff that is absolutely essential yeah what's other stuff that you could and what really is probably mm. not necessary and i think um throw out everything that you learn about writing essays and things in uni mm-hmm. it's completely different yes just chuck that out i think at uni it's very much using filler words to get to five thousand words or you know seven thousand yeah. words or whatever i find that a lot with grads um it's about like really punchy succinct Concise, yes yep. totally and also like i'll often um even on the second or third round of editing i'll move a paragraph up further like that's okay too to kind of sort things around and the reality is we don't expect you to get your content right your structure right your format right uh in your first go but what you can get right is your spelling and your grammar grammar, absolutely so think about that when you're submitting that first draft make sure if nothing else is right or you're not comfortable or confident with what you've done in word yeah (laughs) It's I not know, difficult. it's so easy. Yeah. There's also, it is American, so sometimes it can trip you up, but there is a plug-in or like a, an add-on called Grammarly. I've heard of that. I have used it for a bit, but um, and I don't know whether maybe now they've changed it to have an English or Australian setting as well, but um, it is actually really handy and it will tell you when to shorten sentences or if you're missing grammar. It's actually quite mm. good. It goes more than just the spell check in Word. Worthwhile checking up, mm. I think. Okay, so let's recap on the most important things to remember when writing a release. You can start. Prep. Yeah. Do research, know your subject, have all the information there to hand. You'll It will make it so much easier. Give, you enough, give yourself enough time. Mm, give yourself enough time, yep. Remember, most important, most critical, most amazingly newsworthy, down to still important but not as important at the bottom use this as a chance to paint a picture of whatever that product or the venue is and describe things in a compelling way but Mm. not in an effusive way yes another thing to think about is this is quite potentially the first and only engagement a journalist will have Mm. with whatever is is being pitched a product a venue whatever it is um so if you don't get it right that's it. They'll just delete the email. Mm. That's a lot of pressure. So that's why you need to spend so much time on on getting media releases correct from the start. Yes. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, Brooke. We covered a lot today and I think there's some great tips in there. And do be kind on yourself. The reality is it's probably going to take you years to master writing media releases. So ask for feedback. If you've got some downtime, practice on some other media releases. Look at some examples of ones that are really good that your manager loves and use that as a basis to really hone your writing skills when it comes to media releases. Thanks for listening to the PR Pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.